Anyway, wasn't last week fun? I particularly enjoyed it because all I got to do is say good morning and goodbye. That was, <laughs> it was like the best Sunday ever. Um, we are, uh, it, was, it was a wonderful time to celebrate God's faithfulness in this church family. And uh, in some files that I dug through, as I mentioned, uh, this was the first formal service. So we are 30 years old today, which is why we started with Pastor Jeff's Congratulations. We are honored today. What is this? Four weeks in a row? Uh, our founding pastors, Pastor Rob and Michelle, three or four weeks. Uh, thank you. You're welcome to come anytime and preach anytime because I like having weeks off. They're fantastic. Um, <laughs> I, I should be. I should be more organized than I am. Um, I wanted to make sure that Dale had Easter Sunday's outline. So at 4 o'clock this morning, I finished that, and I emailed it to everybody on the team so that um, Chris, who's helping us with media, can understand, okay, here's where he's going. And uh, Worship team, as they're selecting songs, they don't, they don't have to pick every song that goes with what I'm teaching, but it gives them an idea where we're headed. And uh, so then I had the week after that, and, and then I thought, well, I'm going to go out. I've actually done through the end of April. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah, yeah, I, I've got outlines through the end of April. And for me, that's pretty cool, because I've had some churches at some times when I've had people say, Pastor, my program was still warm. And it was because I was printing it out of my printer during the first song. And we were running it through the copy machine during the second and third song. And during the greeting time, we were handing them out. So the, the fact that we're sort of ready. But then I realized that I didn't go as far as I thought I went a couple weeks ago. So Chris is going to help me. I just want to, let's go back to the front. And uh, just, here we go. Let's recap. The first truth that we had two weeks ago was that we're all priests and ministers. It's not just me. It's not just Jill. It's not Pastor Rob. It's not Michelle. All of us are ministers and priests. The second thing is every person is gifted and every person is called. Every person is gifted. Every person is gifted. And the third thing that we talked about is Satan fears a gifted, active, keyword active, Body of Christ. Do any of you remember me teaching this two weeks ago? I mean, after last week's birthday celebration and the cupcakes, who, who can remember, right? And we talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit has gifts for us, and there's three different types of gifts. And, and don't go too fast because you're faster than I am. But three, three, you're killing me here. Three gifts. <laughs> he wants me to, you got lunch plans? Uh, <laughs> There's three gifts the Holy Spirit gives to us. The first are the created gifts, the, the motivational gifts, I, I call them, and they're all inclusive. If you were born, you got one of those seven or more than one of those seven. Why? Because we're created in the image and likeness of God, and God is, is creative. He's a gift giver, and so he puts gifts in people, and, and those gifts were for everyone. And then we talk, we're going to talk about the charismatic gifts or the gifts of manifestation, which are inclusive to all believers. 
Did you hear what I said? They're inclusive to all believers who seek them and want to be used. Go ahead. I'm, I'm actually caught up with you now. And then there's the ministry gifts. You're okay. Oh, you're all right, too. I, I did give you that slide. <laughs> yeah, and I'm watching him, too. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, <laughs> so basically, Chris is now pastoring the church. Okay. Exclu- <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. This is the, the ministry gifts are exclusive to those called by God to lead and equip the church. This is like pastor, teacher, that particular list. Okay, keep going there. We, I'm trying to remember where. So we talked about the created gifts. That's cool. And we're all born with one of those. We're all born with one or more of those. Go ahead and scroll. Uh, one was prophecy. And then again, it's not prophecy and then telling the future, but it's a motivated truth teller. You can be a non-Christian and still have a gift of prophecy. You can speak the truth. You can look at things and you go, that's A, B, and C, and they equal D, and it always will, and, and that's a person that has it. Another gift is a gift of serving or ministry or administration or gift of helps. You'll see people, thank God, thank God for people with this gift in our world and in our church. The third one we had was teaching, and, and, and this is kind of me. Whether it's math or the Bible, I do both. Probably better at math. Uh, I help people learn. A gift of encouragement, of building. You ever met that person? They're just an effervescent, bubbly person. They just, they just have you think, boy, if they were a Christian, they'd be really something. Well, they have that gift of encouragement. Um, gift of giving. The gift of giving. And we talked about the fact that, that people with the gift of giving, whether they're believers or not, are generous. And they generally are really good getters, too. And the reason they're good getters is not they're seeking to get. It's just a part of the principle of God's word and his truth that when we sow, we reap. Another gift is a gift of leading, of guiding, of organizing, of getting their ducks in a row, which I know you find it hard to believe watching me every Sunday, but, but that's what I do in my job. My ducks just get away on the weekend. <laughs> and can you identify any of those? I gave you four identifiers. I, I talked about their... They're the things that are natural to you. You, you love doing it. Uh, it's life to you. It's what floats your boat. You don't need anybody to motivate you to do that. It's how you see the world. Uh, remember, I used the phrase, if you're, if you're the a hammer, everything looks like a, a nail. It's what gives others life around you, and people recognize those gifts in you. So that's, I think, a recap. Oh, mercy. Yeah, mercy. Mercy. Thank God for people with mercy. And it's a gift. You'll notice this is in people whether they're believers or not. These are the people that help. These are the people that say, I'll join the Peace Corps and spend two years of my life. You wonder what motivates them. You say, man, if they, if they were a believer, wow, wouldn't that be fantastic? Well, it, it is a God-given gift. Does that make sense? Keep, keep going there, Chris, because I forgot what I have next, so it's all good. So now we're at part two, whatever that means. 
give me the next slide and I'll know which set of notes I'm supposed to be looking at. The charismatic gifts. The charismatic gifts. How many have heard the word charismatic? When you hear the word charismatic, you may think of a variety of things. You may think of um, someone who has charisma. I wish I had it. You, you've seen people that have charisma, right? They, they just, they walk into a room, and Carly Simon writes a song about him. <laughs> the charismatic gifts, when we hear of charisma, it comes from the word charis. Charis is where we get the term grace. The charismatic gifts are grace gifts. They are gifts that are given you by the grace of God. You don't earn them. You don't deserve them. And I'm going to give you something right up front, but I will say it again later. Do not be mistaken in thinking, well, I may be given one of those and that's my gift. Because I will tell you right now, they're not your gifts, they're the Holy Spirit's gifts. And the Holy Spirit will give his gifts to whoever he chooses to give them to when he chooses to give them to you. That was profound. So which outline am I on? I have competing notes here. The, the gifts of grace, they're, they're undeserved, they're unmerited. It's where we get the word charismata, which means a grace gift. Charisma could be defined as the instantaneous enablement of the Holy Spirit in the life of any believer to exercise a gift. Why? For the edification of others. Please write that down. And if say edification, that's too big a word. You're given it to build other people up. Gifts are not badges. To quote the movie, we don't need no stinking badges. <laughs> uh, double caffeine. They are given for the edification. That means to build other people up. Not to walk around and say, do you know I have this gift? And I'll say, so what? God gives gifts by his spirit to his people. Why? To build people, to restore people, to see people healed, to see people made whole, to see health come. That's why he gifts us. Last week, we focused on the fact that Jesus said, upon your confession, Peter, that I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God, that's what I'll build my church. And how God builds his church by his spirit is enabling and equipping and empowering people to function in gifts. Things that are not natural, they are supernatural. You guys, I want to assure you that something happens to me when I stand here. Because you see me once I'm done here. 
I kind of go stand over in the corner and please don't take this wrong, but it's like, I'm ready to go home. I love you. I gave everything I have. I don't know what more you want. And it's funny because I, I, I marry someone, and I've told you the story that my preference of pastoring would be, uh, Skip, come and close us in prayer, and Joe, let's get in the car, so that if they're going to boo, we'll be in the car before it happens, you know? Huh? And her favorite part of church when we first got married was the hanging around an hour after to talk to you. Huh? We used to attend Capital Christian. You know, it's that big one on Highway 50. And, and Pastor Rick Coles is a friend of ours, and our daughters were actually roommates in college. And I, when we were attending there during a transition season, I said, Rick, just give us the keys. We'll lock up for you. <laughs> Why do you have a gift to build other people These gifts are available when we're saved and when we receive the Holy Spirit. But listen to me, they're not automatic. They're not like that first seven that I listed. They're not automatic. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. Am I on the right notes? Yes. Oh, good. I do have two side-by-side PDFs. I didn't know which one I was teaching off of. Earnestly desire the best gifts. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts but especially you may prophesy. Desire means to burn hot, be passionate. It's okay to want them. It's okay to want them. Now, God distributes to all of us these gifts based on his sovereign will. I thought that was my stomach for a minute. God distributes to all of us these gifts based on his sovereign will, but always based on our desire and sometimes in response to a specific request for that gift. I can't go to God and demand, I want this. But I can ask. Because it said, eagerly desire the best gift. What's the best gift? The one you need in the circumstance you face. The one you need to respond to the circumstance that someone else is facing. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. A spiritual gift is given to each of us, so what? We can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. You guys know that as a word of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge, sometimes referred to as a word of knowledge. The same Spirit gives faith to another. And to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. Uh, he gives one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to, to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit, the discerning of spirits. Wouldn't you like to know that? Wouldn't you like to know when something is spoken about your business, if it's from God or the devil? 
When something's coming against your marriage, wouldn't you want to be able to discern that it's coming from God or the devil? Still another person is given the ability to speak in an unknown language, gift of tongues. While another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. No one else decides which gift each person should have. Why are we given these gifts? We're given these gifts so we can be a blessing to one another. And I want to share with you, these gifts can be resident or circumstantial. Why? Because the Holy Spirit owns them all. Does that make sense? Now, I don't consider myself a prophet in the sense of a timeout. I need different ears. <laughs> For those of you at home, it's okay. There we go. Welcome back from that commercial. <laughs> Buy my latest book. Um, the gifts can be resident or, or circumstantial. They, they can be given to us to edify to encourage, and to set captive people free. And they're given as needed. They're given as needed. That's when they happen. So you might have someone that, that has a, a, a gift of a, a word of wisdom. That might be where they function. Or a word of knowledge might be where they function. But wouldn't you want to have a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge when you're talking with a friend or you're talking with someone at work and you have this understanding that comes from God that this is what's going on here and you could speak truth that would liberate them. It doesn't mean you function in it every day, but you function in it right then. Let me give an example. We were in Target. You know, the cathedral. And we were walking through Target on a Sunday after early service. <laughs> and we were walking through there and we saw one of my former students. And we were in the little kids section. And my former student began to share what was going on in her life and the frustration and the struggle and the depression and the loneliness and everything that was going on. And I was standing there right about here and she was standing right about here and Jill was standing right about here. And I'm the pastor and I got nothing. Yeah, sorry, honey. Let's go get our creamer. Don't act like that. You've had the same situation. <laughs> and the next five minutes, I saw the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. God showed up. God showed up, and there was not one added syllable to what was said. And I watched God use my bride 
to speak for about five minutes to a young lady that when suddenly she said, I get it, I get it, and she lunged at Jill, and I thought she was attacking her. (laughs) And I began to intervene, and I realized she got it. And she wanted to hug Jill and cry. And I want you to know in Target, in the little kids section, after a five-minute encounter, when the gift of the Spirit came upon my bride, that girl's life was changed. In a moment's time, in Target. She didn't have to come to our church. It was amazing. We had her over for dinner a couple times, and I'd keep in touch with her about once a week. How you doing? How you doing? And I also taught her brother, and finally, you know, it started getting a little quiet on the communication. I go, something going on there? And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 something's going on with her. What happened? Oh, she met a pastor. That's why she's not responding to you anymore. Oh, and she's married. And she has kids. And all of her frustrations that she was expressing that day in Target about, I'm the last one in my class to find someone, and I want to be a wife, and I want to be a mom, and I want to be involved in ministry, and I want this, and I want that, and I deal with frustration, and I, I deal with hurt and anger, and I deal with all of these things, and in five minutes' time, I watched God speak, and a life was changed, and still is changed today, because the Spirit of God gifted my wife, not in an area that's her normal thing, but for that circumstance. Are you with me? The whole point of that story is not, she is a great woman, by the way, far better than I am, a man. Gotcha. But you get my point. She was available. And the Holy Spirit said, oh, you're available. I'm going to give you this gift right now for this circumstance. So let's talk about... (laughs) Dale, I may have to send you new outlines because I don't know how far I'm getting. The discerning gifts, the perceiving and knowing gifts. Am I on the right ones? Okay, good. Just checking. The first one is words of knowledge. Words of knowledge. Jesus often functioned in this spiritual gift. This is when the Holy Spirit allows you to know something specific that you did not learn by natural means. Where you have an insight into something and go, wow, that was a supernatural transfer of information you would not learn through natural means. Do you realize that Jesus, while he was on earth, functioned in the power of the Spirit. Do do you get that's one of the reasons he came to live? He came to live here to show us how to live. I'm going to trust the Spirit. You think, well, he was God. He knew it all. Well, you know how he knew it all? He trusted the Spirit. The Spirit was the one that revealed those things to him. Just like he can to us. The Bible tells us that Jesus took the form of a servant and was made in likeness. Of man, so we we look like man on the outside, and 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 when God made us, this is a fun day. Do you realize that Jesus never performed a miracle until 
he was baptized in the Spirit. Do you recognize that? Jesus never performed a miracle until he was baptized in the Spirit. Jesus' life demonstrates what's possible for a person fully yielded and obedient to the Spirit. Let me give you an example of the woman of the well. John 4. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to make a trip out here to this well. That's really what she's saying. Now, you understand, because of her history and situation, she probably wasn't coming with the gang. She was waiting until the crowd left or got up real early and beat them. And Jesus said, go and get your husband. And do you think he knew the answer to that? No, he was totally shocked. I don't have a husband. No, he knew. So I don't have a husband. The woman replied, Jesus, you're right. You don't have a husband. He probably did something like this. I mean, he wrote in the dirt and people ran away. What was he writing in the dirt? Hypocrite. Right? Who knows what he was saying? You're right, you don't have a husband. You had five husbands, and you're not married to the man you're living with now. You certainly have told the truth. There's an example of Jesus functioning in a word of knowledge. Now, he did it not to hurt, not to embarrass. He did it to free. Another is discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. The Holy Spirit makes a believer aware of the presence and influence of demonic spirits. Now, did you hear what the gift is? Let's all say it together. It's discerning of spirits. Let's try it one more time. Discerning of spirits. It does not say that he gives the gift of discernment. Because I can tell you in my 65 years on this planet and 43 years pastoring is that when people claim they have the gift of discernment, what they really have is a judgmental spirit. I'm sorry. Get the car started. We may need to run. <laughs> and she'll be going, you did it again. They were loving us, and then you did it again. It's discerning of spirits. This is where the Spirit of God makes us aware of the presence and influence of demonic spirits. This is where you become aware of the spiritual nature of your circumstances. 
the spiritual nature of your circumstances. Why do we have a discerning of spirits? So that we know how to pray. We know how to engage in intercession. We know how to speak words of deliverance and freedom. And when I said that the Spirit makes us aware of influence, we're talking about how he, the adversary, affects our thoughts, how he affects our attitudes and our behaviors. Remember Paul and Silas, the jail singers? Acts 16. One day, as we were going down to a place of prayer, we met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money from her ma- for her masters. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God. True. That's true. They've come to tell you how to be saved. True. This went on day after day after day after day until Paul reached the mark level, got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly the spirit left her. Remember those caring masters? Her masters' hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities. See, here's the thing. The words of this servant girl weren't even, evil. But while they were true, the source of their truth wasn't godly. I submit to you today, the Holy Spirit can make you aware of demon spirits' opposition to your marriage, to your children, to your family, to your business, and to your finances. And when you are aware, you can take action. And the action you can take is to rebuke the Spirit and embrace the Spirit of God. As I mentioned, the gift of discernment is not mentioned in the Bible. It's discerning of spirits. Now, does that mean there's not discernment? Oh, there is. Hebrews 5 says, we discern with our natural senses, common sense and maturity. I'm not saying we don't discern things. But the basis, according to Scripture, is what we pick up on. Common sense, something that our world could use today, and maturity. Solid food belongs to those who are full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So I'm not saying there isn't discernment. I'm just saying it's based, it's, it's not a giftedness. It's based on experience, who we are. Third, word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is advice from God. This is where the Holy Spirit gives you a divine answer or solution for a particular question or a challenge. Uh, Sometimes the word of wisdom results in us knowing exactly the right thing to say. 
Jesus was once questioned about taxes. In Matthew 22. Now tell us what you think about this. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Okay, who's asking him this? People that want to trap him. And either answer that he is going to give is going to trap him. Because if he says, I'm anti-tax, they'll go tell the Romans and they'll come take care of him. If he says, I'm pro-paying the Romans, what are the zealots and the people that are the nationalistic Jews going to say? We're not following you. Do you see the dilemma? But it really helps. Look at verse 18 of Matthew 22. It says, Jesus knew their motives. You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for the tax. When they handed him a Roman coin, he asked, whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's. Well then, give to Caesar what's Caesar's. And give to God what belongs to God. His reply amazed them, and they went away. <laughs> he was given the right thing to say. Sometimes the word of wisdom results in us knowing exactly the right thing to do. Do you remember the story of the unpaid temple tax? It's in Matthew 17. It says, On their arrival in Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and said, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, Peter replied. Then he went to the house. We do pay the tax, right? But before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, What do you think, Peter? Do kings tax their own people or the people they have conquered? Well, Jesus, they tax the people they've conquered. Well, then, the citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them, so go down to the lake and throw in a line and open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you'll find a silver coin. Take it and, and pay both our taxes. He didn't know the dilemma that had gone on outside, but the Spirit of God revealed that to him and gave him the right thing to do. Do you remember when Paul is sailing to Rome in Acts 27? He said, men, I believe there's trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, danger to our lives. We ought to stay here. But the officer in charge didn't understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The, the words of wisdom. Listen to the ship's captain and the owner, then Paul. And look what happened in 27, uh, verse 21 of Acts 27. Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place. My kind of guy. <laughs> I always want to remind everybody when I was right. We shouldn't have left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss, but it's okay. 
take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. These gifts, and I'm going to pick up next week, so I've got to give you a new cover sheet, but the inside's the same. <laughs> Two weeks, actually, because next week's Easter. These gifts are available to us as believers. They are distributed by the Holy Spirit. Some are resident. They are in us. You'll see certain people that have their prophets. They have a gift of prophecy. But you'll see other times that they come upon a person in a circumstance or need. Why? So that you can minister life and hope and health. Well, today is Palm Sunday. And this is the beginning of Holy Week. And so I'd like us to uh, celebrate communion today. And now a caveat, for those of you at home, run and grab anything that's liquid and bread and you can join us. And, and in a minute, Jill and I will pass out uh, the elements here. Just to remind you, there's two, <laughs> there's two lids, one to the bread and then the larger one to the juice. Um, that's a technical announcement. It was 2,000 years ago that uh, Jesus gathered with his disciples and he gathered with them to celebrate Passover. Passover. Passover that led to the deliverance of the children of Israel from Egypt. But the whole message of Passover was symbolic of the one who would come and deliver everyone from sin. The children of Israel had to prepare unleavened bread because they were leaving quickly. And they had to take the blood of a spotless lamb and put it over the door so that the death angel would Passover. All symbolic of what Jesus would do for us and be for us. As I taught several weeks ago, he would come not only to be our sin sacrifice, but to also deal with our shame. He would take care of everything that two goats took care of in the Old Testament. So this morning, I don't know if you're going to sing or play, I don't, whatever, cool. We're going to pass out these elements. And as we do, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to ask you to pray, and when you're ready, then you partake. So you don't have to wait on anybody else. You don't have to look around and say, well, I'm always third in line because my last name starts with C. Just when you're ready. 
and let the Spirit of Jesus make this a reality to you.